egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that's right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SNL Network's patron feedback show for week number 16 with host Gerard Carmichael and musical guest Gunna. This is the show that wraps up the entire week of SNL as we you know, talked through all the sketches with the different panelists, and now we get to bring in one of our patrons to talk about what's happening in SNL social media, answer your questions that you submitted. We got a lot of questions this week, especially with all the discourse around you know, what was happening at SNL and how they covered things in the world. And we get to look ahead to next week with Jake Gyllenhaal. So uh, it's always fun for me when I get to come on here with a new patron that we haven't had on before, and I'm so thrilled. It's been a uh, Brit week on the SNL Network and coming to us all the way from Liverpool. It's Linz Robinson. Linz, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you enjoying the SNL season? I'm really loving this season. I, I was really happy to get a, a Mulaney episode in again this season. Oh, nice, season. okay. That kind of made my season, I think. Yes, for sure. Well, since this is the first time we're having you on the SNL Network, uh, Linz, I would love if you could tell the listeners how you got into the show uh, across the pond, because we, you know, a lot of our listeners are from either Canada or the United States, and uh, they always love to hear how people across the world got into the show. So I got into it back in the mid 90s um, when I saw Wayne's World for the first time. And okay. someone mentioned, oh, this is actually a sketch on Saturday Night Live, and they've made it into a film. So it was like, I've got to see more of this. I made my parents get satellite TV just so we I could watch Saturday Night Live, um, right. which they weren't happy about. But they used to watch it too with me, so it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've been watching it sort of uh, since since the mid I was sort of mid nineties. Watched it religiously, kind of tailed off a little bit early two thousands, um, and then round about sort of oh five, got right back into it again. Party out, wait! Party out, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Got to bring up the classics. Um, yeah, that's that's really, really cool. So um, I, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm glad that you've uh, kept up with the show. And uh, I think you, you were telling me in the pre-show that uh, you often don't get to watch the show until, you know, your Sunday evenings. So mm. uh, you're, you are behind as far as not being able to watch it live. So I do hope one day that you can get that experience of watching it, you know, as it's happening. I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed, eventually one day I might actually get to see it in the studio live yes i hope so well we, we have to make it happen Linz. so um you know i did ask you uh, how you were enjoying the season so you said you love the Mulaney episode but overall i mean you know 16 episodes in we're, we're heading towards the home stretch overall how does this season compare to you to some of the seasons we've seen in the past do you know i i actually i know there's been a lot of hate for some of the uh the episodes you know people really you know didn't like the kim kardashian episode I actually thought it was right. really good. Um, like that um, People's Courtney sketch was just genius. And I really loved that. But, you know, reading on Reddit and stuff, there was a lot of hate for, for that episode. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I think there's been some really good hosts as well um, this season that I've really liked. And um, musical guests too. Like there's been a, quite a few musical guests that, you know, I've never heard their music before. Um and I've gone out and listened to them and thought, mm, these are actually quite good. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's great. I mean, I agree. I actually think, uh, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying a lot of stuff we're getting to see. Um, and then, you know, this episode came and I, I felt like the last run that we had between uh, Mulaney, Oscar Isaac, and then Zoe Kravitz, I felt like that was like a really great run. I kept saying it was probably the best one we had since, uh, you know, that Rami Malek, Jason Sudeikis, and Kieran Culkin three-episode run at the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, this episode came and I had a lot of high hopes for Gerard Carmichael. And I'm still sort of mixed. I'm still sort of not sure how to feel about the episode i think uh i was chatting with you know andy hoagland who uh, writes the recaps for entertainment weekly and we were talking yesterday and we said okay here's what was good here's what was bad from this particular episode and i was trying to figure out where how do i actually feel about it and i just really feel like it was an average episode of snl and maybe that the hype was there but didn't necessarily get to it do you disagree like how did you feel about the gerard carmichael episode to be honest i i had never heard of him until his name came up as being a host. Um, I really liked his monologue. Um, I, I feel like he kind of dealt with the, you know, it, it was the elephant in the room, the sort of Oscar's slap 
I think he, he dealt with that quite well as part of the monologue. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I think, to be honest, the thing I liked most about the episode was um, Weekend Update. Okay. I thought that was like the sort of the standout piece of the whole whole episode, other than the monologue. And what about Weekend Update did you like the best? I love just love Che's reaction to the slap. <laughs> you know, he, he everyone was expecting it to come from him. And, and also Colin's joke about husbands standing up for their wives who were actresses. Oh, that was so good. That was the best <laughs> thing. Uh, I absolutely love that. Uh, here, this one is from Colin. It sets a terrible precedent for having to defend your wife at award shows. <laughs> It was great because, and you, I think you hit something, Linz, because uh, we all knew that this was the direction that Che was going to go. But like, you know, you were like, oh, is he really going to do it? And it's like, you know, the one thing that people were not doing online really was like making fun of Jada. But then, then Che obviously is going to be the one to do yeah. that. And I think, um, you know, it, we, we often talk about, uh, you know, going back to, the, you know, you said you're a, you're a 90s uh, child of SNL, you know, going back to, the, you know, the 90s and the norm stuff. You know, it's like there is only one person on Saturday Live who will, you know, treacher into those dangerous waters. And that's that's Michael Che. Yeah. <laughs> what about the sketches, though? Were there any sketches that you enjoyed from this episode more than others? Um, the, the rainbow um, doll sketch, I thought was that was that was quite funny. Uh, you know, the first time I saw it, uh, I thought oh, it's quite close to the bonus one. Um, you know, it's going to get a bit of a reaction on it. Which it did, which in that most people didn't like it, but I thought it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, that that to be honest was the only really standout sketch I thought. Oh, and the uh, the Oscar sketch as well. That was quite okay. Good. So you enjoyed that Oscar sketch? Yeah, the Oscar sketch was good too. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of really interesting choices that I think SNL ended up making this week. And that was part of, you know, what our discourse was throughout the week. So, um, you know, there's uh, different sketches that I think we're going to touch on as we get through the social media and the patron feedback questions that we got this week. So uh, before we get into those sections of the show, Linz, is there anything else like overall you want to talk about when it comes to SNL this season? I want to know who we think will be the next, well, the last three. host for this season if i don't get bill hader this season i'm gonna be really annoyed especially with the new season of barry coming out so i'm got my fingers crossed for that one um but yeah and i'd like i want to see more of the new guys um before the season's out and I, and I would agree with that. I think uh, to, to your point about Bill Hader, obviously a uh, fan favorite, all-time great cast member, uh, would love for him to host again. I uh, don't know if he wants to at this point. I think that he's talked a lot in the last few years about the struggles he's had uh, mentally with uh, being on SNL and stuff like that. And uh, I don't think that precludes him from coming back to host. But uh, part of me has to wonder if we're going to get him back before the 50th anniversary at this point. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that that definitely is a question. Um, you know, you would think that if he wanted to come, he would have maybe popped in for one of the Mulaney episodes recently. Um, so I, I would love to see it, obviously. Uh, I just don't know if we will. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, as far as the new cast members are concerned, definitely that's the way to go as we continue to move forward through the season. Okay. Uh, are you ready to get into some social media from the week, Linz? Absolutely. Let's go. All right, let's bring that up on stream. So if you are watching us live on YouTube, you can see our social media. And here is a tweet from our friend, Jesse David Fox, uh, who has been on our podcast before. Jesse's a great friend of the show. Uh, So he often interviews a lot of stand-up comics for his podcast. So you should definitely check that out as well as SNL alumni. Uh, So connection to Gerard Carmichael. Jesse says, uh, Gerard had to throw out 80% of the set he had been working on to deliver one of the best monologues in recent memory. It's almost like he's really good at stand-up or something. <laughs> Linz, what do you think of that? Well, I'd like to know what he threw out the set, to be honest. Um, also, uh, did did anyone, any of the other writers, have an input into his monologue? Do we know? So what I do know, Linz, is that there were two guest writers this week that I believed helped work on uh, Gerard Carmichael's special. I don't have their names in front of me, so if somebody in the chat has the two guest writing names, I believe they contributed to writing the new monologue as well. Um, I think Steve Higgins did some touch-ups with regards to some timing and, and stuff like that, but this was really a Gerard Carmichael and Gerard Carmichael's crew who came in and wrote their own piece uh, for six minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I agree with that. It is one of the best best monologues. I really, really enjoyed his monologue. And I think he 
he dealt with the uh everyone knew he was it was going to be something to do with obviously the oscars um and i think he he dealt with it quite uh quite well and yeah obviously throwing the uh the obama um twist in at the end was pretty good I was going to say, yeah, and the, the most fascinating thing about the Obama twist was that, I don't know if you saw Linz or you were following some of the American politics stuff that was happening this week, but uh, Barack Obama actually met with Joe Biden to talk about, uh, you know, things happening in the world, the crisis in Ukraine and Russia and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, th- this all happened yesterday. So it was really funny. We had uh, one of the one of the great former writers, a recapper of Saturday Night Live, um, Ryan McGee. He posted on Twitter. Uh, he's like, "Okay, I guess Barack Obama listened to Gerard Carmichael and decided to heal the nation." So uh, I thought that was a great tweet. Okay, so uh, this is from uh, John Wiseman uh, on Twitter. It says, after a long absence, I started watching NBC SNL again a few years ago because my son really likes it, and they do a good job overall. But the show's treatment of Melissa V. Comedy, so Melissa V. Senior, is simply galling, and given her great talent, has seemingly become open disdain. I can't stand it. Melissa responds, thanks, Foo. I agree, haha. This was interesting, <laughs> because, Linz, I'm not sure if you know, but I think generally it's pretty frowned upon for uh, cast members and people <laughs> who work with the show to uh, support the uh, general sentiments that they're being... Uh, you know, not used properly on the show. So uh, this isn't something new for Melissa, but I felt that uh, it kind of was the cherry on top to her doing this for the last few seasons this week. What are your thoughts? I mean, Gail's got to speak her truth. She, she, I think she does get really overlooked for a lot of things. And, you know, she's great impressionist. And she just seems to get, I think when Kate leaves would be Melissa's time to shine. But I don't think she's going to be there until Kate leaves. I, I got a feeling she's probably going to go at the end of this season. Um, to be honest, I thought she would go at the end of last season, and I was quite surprised when you know the uh, the cast was um, finalized and, and Melissa was still there. Yeah, uh, I think I think we all were, um, but um, yeah. So I think for me, um, yeah. And by the way, John Wiseman is a author on books on the Dodgers. So just in case anybody was wondering who was that tweeting, so um, so we we often check out what the blue checks are saying about um, about SNL on Twitter. But yeah, it was just very interesting that Melissa decided to actually address this and respond to this. And I believe she did actually post something on Instagram uh, where she did say that she was. Um, I think uh, I think I had a copy of it somewhere. Uh, she said, "I'm not coming back to SNL next year because I deserve better," which was then deleted. So, oh, uh, very interesting that. stuff. Yeah, very interesting stuff from Melissa. A lot of frustration, and I think uh, we'll get to this in one of our questions. But uh, yeah, there's uh, definitely some frustration growing with some people at Siren Alive. Next up, uh, this is from Simon Rex. So Simon said, I retired Dirt Nasty, which is, I guess, his uh, rapper. That's uh, <laughs> that's his rapper name uh, a couple of years ago. And then NBC SNL asked me to be on a song with Gunna and Pete Davidson. So I said, yes, hashtag flip flop. So what were your thoughts on short ass movies we saw this week? And did you know who Simon Rex was? I'd never heard of Simon Rex before. Um, but I, you know, the the short was it was good um not pete's best work in the uh in the you know the the music that he's doing but you know i enjoyed it it fitted in really i think it fitted in well having him and obviously gunner on the on it as well um i'd be interested i really want to find um some more stuff about dirt nasty and and watch you know a couple of things on that because i think it it could be quite funny sort of thing I might be into. Yeah, it was very, very random. Like I knew who I think I said this on the hot take show. I mean, I knew who Simon Rex was, but like um, if I was walking down the street next to him, like would I be like, oh, wow, that's Simon Rex. Like, I don't think so. It was just a very, very random cameo. But I guess Pete's uh, Rolodex just continuously grows. Like, I think if you get a call from Pete Davidson at this point to be a part of your uh, a part of a pre-tape on SNL, like you're going to answer that call at this point. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed um, when he did uh, walking and starting. <laughs> me too. Me too. I that did. Was, I did that prefer that. That was pretty good. Um, 
Okay, so uh, did you happen to see there was a pre-tape online this week, a Please Don't Destroy pre-tape that uh, didn't make it into the show, but was cut for time, but they posted it, and it was called Three Normal Goths. I did see that. I what actually sent it that? to my friend and said, this is going to be you. Okay, <laughs> why, why is that? Because <laughs> oh, she's an absolute goth. <laughs> okay, got it. So, yeah. I um, thought it was brilliant. One of the, I think it's one of the um, standout ones that they've done this year. For sure. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, I, I would have liked if this made the show. I think I would have preferred this maybe to the baby clothes that we got at the end of the night. Um, I think it was just different and uh, interesting. But um, Ben Marshall on Instagram, at Ben Marshall style, uh, posted a bunch of photos and videos from the sketch. And then there was this great video at the end of his slideshow with uh, him showing the kid in the sketch how to use the gun. And it was it was just like so funny. Um, it was a great video. Uh, Sudi Green uh, commented on it. Says, "Oh my god, uh, so gentle with the baby and the gun heart." Um, <laughs> these guys just like uh, there's just I feel like good energy, good vibes. I love what they're bringing to the show each and every week. Yeah, and it's it's good to have like that fixed group um, doing the digital shorts again, like sort of taking over from you know where Lonely Island left off. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. Uh, will be interesting to see. I mean, we have five episodes left in the season. Um, I hope we get PDD shorts at least on three of them. I think that there is something interesting. And uh, the big, you know, one of my big questions going into the end of the run will be like, will we get them outside of the office one more time before the end of the season, like we did with three set virgins? Yeah, something to watch. Okay. Um, very interesting. Uh, Sarah Squirm on Instagram uh, posted from the Good Nights this week. Uh, always interesting to watch the Good Nights. That's a rich uh, Tackenberg trope to always look and see what people are doing at the Good Nights. And uh, Sarah Squirm holding up a uh, cutout of a clown this week during the Good Nights. Uh, any insight here, Linz, as to why she might be doing that? I did not even notice that she was holding up a clown at the end. I don't yeah. know what I was paying attention to at the end. <laughs> yes, for sure. But uh, yeah, it was, it was always fun to get to see what people do, whether they bring out signs or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, we didn't get much from Sarah this week. All we got was that uh, really uh, famous moment of her looking the podium. So uh, potentially, yeah, Monette in the chat says a prop from a cut sketch. So uh, it would be great to find out what that was. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we had, uh, this is from, uh, Chris Red, who always posts, uh, great stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Chris says, uh, stepping into Monday right after somebody tells you it's Tuesday with him, uh, you know, dressed in the room full of clocks, <laughs> had a ball on this one. Shout out to Gunna and Simon Rex for the bars, the homie Dan Bula and Pete on the pen and, uh, at J Ponda track on the beat and Mike Diva with the direction, um, and uh, by dot Lee McGee with the killer graphics and so many others. I'm running out of tags. Plus I like short ass captions. <laughs> um, so uh, a lot of really fun stuff on this one. Uh, just, just see the background behind the scenes of short ass movies. Linz, do you have a, an opinion on this? I didn't even get to ask you. Uh, what is the ideal time for a movie? Hmm. Would you prefer, we, this is what we asked. We said under an hour 45 or over an hour 45. I think an hour 45 is perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, for me, I'll, I will take the under. Definitely uh, for shorter-ass movies. Um, yeah, so so that was interesting. Uh, so this is this was a big story, a really big story. I don't know if you saw this, Linz. Uh, Netflix. Not sure if it's different in the UK, but at least in the US, Netflix added uh, a short-ass movie category to its browser. Like, I mean, if you go on Netflix right now, I'm you look up short-ass movies. I'm going to go on Netflix on my phone and see okay, if it's so on tell- there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if in the UK they also added this because, uh, yeah, this is this is great uh, PR. Obviously, uh, Netflix decided to add a short ass movie car- uh, category after a hilarious Pete Davidson SNL sketch. Uh, they t- they tweeted uh, "good idea SNL" and then SNL tweeted "OMG." So very very funny that they decided to go with ahead with this because I actually think I mean this is a great idea because if I'm on Netflix and I'm looking for a movie, I am a definitely brilliant idea. Category. Yeah. <laughs> So, Linz, what do you think? In the UK, do, do is the short-ass movies category there? I cannot see it. Okay. It's not Maybe showing it's just up a US on my thing. phone. It must be. Oh, hold on. Categories. There's a, a separate category thing. There is not, unfortunately, ruined for us. We never get anything good. 
Ah, that is too bad. Okay, well, hopefully, hopefully it'll happen for you guys as well. But I think this is, uh, I think Netflix will see how many people click on the short ass movies category and we will get this eventually. Okay. Um, here is uh, another one from Chris Red on Instagram saying, it was so damn fun to play in this sketch, Will Smith. And we get to see a behind the scenes photo of Chris as Will Smith. Brilliantly written, written by Mike DiCenzo, Please Don't Destroy, and Skaterpunk69. I believe that is Jake Nordwind. And was so good. It helped carry my mediocre Will impression with my A-plus ability to yell and be insane. Gerard, you're the truth fam. Shout out to my squad that gets me ready. Uh, Rob, B, Mitch, I won't talk about it anymore either. By uh, Kean Thompson puts uh, perfecto. So, uh, yeah, really great job from Chris this week. Keep my wife's name <laughs> out your <laughs> Lindsay, I didn't even get to play this, uh, play this on the roundtable, but I also clipped this sound clip, which I thought was really just, just the tone here. Hey, so where you from, man? This is the way he <laughs> like turns around and does that. Uh, so great. Uh, really, really enjoyed the sketch. It was the laugh. He just nails Will Smith's laugh completely. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, then uh, any, anything else on the sketch that you want to talk about, by the way, before we move on? Um, I, again, it was it was the one that everyone everyone was ex- expecting something, and I think the only person who could have done it justice was Chris Red. Like I think people may may have been expecting Keenan to do it, um, but Chris Reds was just perfect for it because he's just got he just has this way of being able to deal with and impersonate people who are just insane, like his Kanye impression. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, perfect as well. Yeah, I mean he he's really good at this stuff, and and I just think that the uh, it's also like I always like to look at this with the brush of how SNL decides to to go ahead with something like this, and I think that this was an important, uh, you know, whether we wanted it or not, you know, that's different for everybody, but um, I think that you know SNL decided to put this in Chris's hands, uh, and obviously knowing that this was going to be seen by millions of people, I mean, this was uh, by far. This sketch was, you know, already I we woke up on Sunday, three and a half million people had watched it on YouTube. So, um, you know, Chris Red's star was going to continue to shine no matter what from this. And uh, the fact that SNL trusts him with something like this is another indication of how well his season is going. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, fully agree. Okay. Um, let's do one more. This is from, uh, Jimmy Kimmel live. So Jake Gyllenhaal, the host for this coming week, uh, was on there with two of his co-stars to promote the ambulance movie this week. And he did say something interesting on there. One of our interns, Hallie, who puts together the social media did want me to mention this on the show today that when Jake Gyllenhaal was, was on Jimmy Kimmel, he mentioned that some of his co-stars would be traveling with him to New York. So as we look for cameos, this week, and we're going to have a question later on about cameo predictions. I think that we are going to potentially look at some of the co-stars from Ambulance, the movie, which would be something uh, that maybe people wouldn't expect this week. So, looking forward to getting to see what we will see from Jake. Yeah, I think um, is someone going to be brave enough to mention Taylor Swift in any sketch? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, will we'll be will be interesting to watch for sure. Um, obviously, uh, there was more stuff happening on social media this week, including uh, interesting posts from Alex English and Aristotle. Obviously, we got to see an Angelo sketch that ended up being pushed online. And I think that was, uh, as we like to say at SNL, uh, by the fans for the fans. So I'm happy that we got that one there. But we'll address all of that in our questions that we got this week. So, Linz, are you ready to take on some of the questions from the listeners? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, would you like to read our first question that we have from Jeremy? Okay, so Jeremy asks, is there any other way you wish SNL would have covered slap but didn't? I, You know, I don't think so. I think they covered it in a, real, in a really good way. They covered it in a humorous way, but not in the way that sort of... Um, I'm trying to phrase this the right way. <laughs> um, it didn't sort of bring up, um, you know, or make or poke any fun at Jada. Um, okay. So I think they like they handled it in the way in the right way. It was, it was all about just also almost laughing at the shock of it because no one was right. expecting that to happen at all. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't have, this is not something that SNL does. And I was thinking about this question a lot from our friend, uh, Jeremy Boulard, who sends in questions every week. So thanks, Jeremy. But um, I was thinking a lot about how SNL could have done something different. And there was times throughout the history of Saturday Night Live when they would have a character from a sketch that would maybe appear in multiple sketches. Or like, you know, Will Ferrell's done this before where he's had, uh, you know, he's played cowbell in a musical performance and, you know, they play with the format a little bit. And I sort of wonder if Chris as Will Smith could have popped into other sketches or potentially between sketches. Uh, there was something to be played with here. Like maybe he slaps, um, you know, Gunna at the end of his second musical performance or something like that. And I think there was like maybe some fun that you could have had with the SNL format that wouldn't have necessarily taken away from other things throughout the night that would have been an absolute genius move if they'd have done that yeah because i just feel like that that's what we want from saturday night live now is to just show us something different and i think they could have done that this week with with this and um i don't hate the way they did things i just think there was there there was some other elements they could have played with also, were they maybe trying to protect the relationship with Chris Rock as well by not so much poking fun at him? Um, that's interesting. I don't know. Um, I doubt it, honestly. I think that, that Chris, uh, I think Chris understands that SNL is going to do what SNL has to do with this situation. I, I don't think that he would ever prohibit SNL from making fun of him in any way. He, he gets the way it works. I just think that, um, yeah, I, I I think that it was probably more uh, they were like delicate about the situation as a whole. And they were like, OK, um, you know, Gerard's going to cover it. We have a sketch about it. It's probably, you know, Che and Jost are going to do their thing. Um, you know, James Austin Johnson is going to do his thing in the cold open. So I, th I think they probably had it where it was. Yeah. All right, let's take this question from um, Mari Williams. Mari says, uh, what do you think the episode would have looked like had the slap not happened? Would it have been a better or worse episode? What do you think, Linz? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it probably would have just been about the same. They, they, you know, they, they probably had to, you know, cover it in at least one sketch. So... I don't know. I don't know, really. Mm. Yeah. I, I, it's I sort it's of, hard to sort of yeah, determine what they would have done. For sure. I think I, I know, like, I mean, we mentioned what Jesse David Fox said about the monologue. I think that obviously uh, Gerard would have been more free to potentially talk about some of the things that he mentioned in his special. He talked about, uh, you know, coming out, which I think was a big, uh, like a big moment, obviously, for him to talk to for that to be released uh, the day before Saturday Night Live. So I assume that would have probably been a bigger part of the monologue, potentially. Um, so that was something to, you know, certainly to think about, um, you know, we've seen the writers been be, you know, pretty creative, the 12 new writers that we've had or 13 new writers we've had this season be pretty creative when they haven't had these major news stories. So um, I would have, you know, my opinion on the episode, probably, is that it It could have had higher potential without all this going on, but I still enjoyed what we got from the slap in particular compared to some of the other sketches we got in this episode. Yeah, I think I agree with that. You know, the, the slap stuff was the highlight of the episode, to be fair. Yeah, and I like this thought from Ken in the chat who basically said uh, we might have gotten Angelo had the slap not happened. And yeah, that, that it definitely is something to consider as well. Uh, Linz, did you watch Angelo, by the way? The one that got I released did. on YouTube? Yeah. I love watching the Angelo sketches. I just think they're so funny. I'm just, they're so surreal to watch. And I hate that Angelo's the one that gets just gets caught all the time. Yeah. Well, let's take this question from um, from at Looking Glass World on Instagram. Said, uh, "Why does Aristotle keep getting cut? Do you have an opinion on this, Lens? I think he's being, to be honest, I think he's being overshadowed by James. Um, oh, okay. I think James set his stall out really early with his Biden impression and his Trump impression, and I think it's he's sort of." <laughs> He's got a hell of a lot of airtime for someone on their first season. Um, and I just think, I think the part, you know, bits that could be going to Aristotle are going to him 
maybe unfairly. Um, whenever you see Aristotle, he's just sort of in the background of, and not really doing anything other than when he's done Angelo and most of the time they've been caught. Right. Uh, that's an interesting perspective. I didn't necessarily think about the competition potentially between the rookies themselves. I was sort of, you know, viewed it from the perspective of Angelo getting on versus some of the veterans on the cast. But uh, that is an interesting thing to look at. Um, you know, we are, you know, I am asked this, you know, most weeks here on the patron feedback show about, you know, Aristotle and how he's doing. And, um, you know, actually, I think, Linz, unless we find out that somewhere somebody is not happy with Aristotle or he's not getting along with, you know, different members of the production team or whatever it is. I sort of think that if there was any thought to get rid of Aristotle between the seasons, I think the fans are going to uh, riot. And I think that there's a really good chance that we as a community will save him on the show, if anything, not to discredit any of the wonderful work that he's doing. Because um, I still think, you know, getting your sketch to dress, getting it on YouTube, I think there's, you know, there's, there's points for that, but I, I really haven't seen like a movement like this to support a cast member who's not getting enough screen time. And clearly I really think SNL is listening to what we're saying. Now, does that mean that Lauren Michaels is going to choose his sketch every single week? Probably not. But I think that as far as giving him another shot, I would think that we are actually doing something in this day and age. Yeah, definitely. Got to yeah. save him. Got to have more and more Angelo. For sure. Just because he for makes sure. me laugh on a Sunday morning when I wake up and he's there. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, like, if we, we're working on this, I don't know what's going to happen. My hope is that we're going to be able to speak to some of the cast members between season 47 and 48. Um, so TBD on all of that stuff, if we can potentially get some of those questions. But if uh, if we were asked which cast members we would like to speak to, I think that Aristotle would be near the top of my list because I think that as far as a cast member having a connection to our community, um, I think that he is somebody who could really, you know, listen to the fans, have a strong, you know, connection to all of us. So um, I look forward to chatting with him down the road. Oh, absolutely. I think that would be a really good chat to have with him, you know, to see it for all from his perspective on what's happening there. For sure. Okay, do you want to take this uh do you want to take this next question from Nick? Oh, so Nick asks comedian monologues are often eagerly anticipated and don't often disappoint. With this in mind, is there a comedian you wish they'd invite back to hear more stand up from them other than Carmichael, of course? Uh, my favorite stand up monologues are always Mulaney's, always um without doubt. Um and I also love a Chappelle monologue as well. Um, Bill Bear's monologue I thought was really good. Um, and not so much inviting back, but I really, really want a Bo Burnham episode. I agree. I think that we're, you know, there's a lot of rumors. There was a big rumor that he was going to host last year. Obviously, he has a very strong connection to Gerard Carmichael because he helped produce um, this special. So I think that, you know, there's, you know, friends, friends of friends of the show. So I would like to see that. I would definitely think, um, I think that if I had to pick a stand-up comic who's, you know, hosted the show before that I would like to see back, I think I'd probably go with Amy Schumer. Um, you know, you know, that's somebody that, um, I always enjoy, enjoy getting to hear from. I know she had appeared in the Kim Kardashian episode, just hosted the Oscars. Um, I always like hearing from Amy, but you know, if you look up, you know, a lot of the, uh, we do have a question and I'll, I'll kind of connect this to, uh, the next question from Ike Moore. Ike asks, uh, who are your favorite standup comedians who have hosted SNL? Uh, who had the longest monologue? So, uh, you know, Chappelle last year, uh, had a 16 and a half minute monologue, after the election. And so that would be the longest monologue of all time that we've had on the show. Um, you know, but you know, for me, some of my favorite monologues and uh, stand up comics on the history of, in the history of SNL, uh, go back to the very beginning in 1975, we had two of the greatest stand up comedians of all time host in the first few episodes between uh, George Carlin and Richard Pryor. Uh, those were some amazing episodes of, of SNL and very famous uh, George Carlin doing four stand-up comedy monologues in the first episode of the show. Uh, Don Rickles, uh, obviously uh, an all-time legend with a great uh, stand-up comedy background. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld as well. So, um, you know, throughout the years, we've gotten some pretty good stand-ups. What about you, Linz? Uh, 
yeah, Jay Seinfeld completely agree there. Um, also, yeah, I mean, I I think I should go back and watch the uh, the Richard Pryor monologues because my dad was a huge Richard Pryor fan, um, so it'd be really interesting to watch um, and see them. But yeah, Chappelle's monologues are always great. I mean, no one knew how he was going to be reacting, and I think his his one last year was probably a lot of it was done sort of on the fly as it was happening. He probably didn't don't think he probably had a lot of it sort of scripted in his head, um, you know, because it was that episode was the one that they basically just had to scrap, you know, yeah. and rewrite in a couple of hours, um, which is probably why it went on for so long, um, because he was sort of coming up with it on the fly. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a lot, you know, the the old the old comics are always the best, I think. But I, I just love my my modern guys. You know, I love Bill Bear, Mulaney, Sarah, Sil- uh, Sarah Silverman as well. Hundred um, percent had a really good monologue. Um, but yeah, just more Mulaney. Just give me more Mulaney. That's what I want. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> Mulaney was uh, was really good this time out. Um, okay, uh, we have one more question from uh, patron Ike Moore. Ike wanted to know also how ra- how random was that Simon Rex cameo? Uh, could he host next season? Um, I would be very surprised if Simon Rex hosted SNL next season. I mean, that would be just, uh, you know, if they have a a live action earnest sketch, I could see him reappearing. But, Linz, I can't imagine Simon Rex is going to host SNL anytime soon. Well, um, Gerard says he's the least famous uh, host of SNL ever. I think if Simon Rex was to host, that would be a new least famous person. Um, I'd never, never heard of him until you know, he appeared uh, in that. But I am going to look him up and, and, you know, see what this... What was his name? What was his character called again that he did? Oh, uh, Dirt Nasty, yeah. I'm going to look up Dirt Nasty and and see what that's all about. Yeah, for sure. What we need is a Dirt Nasty, Big Wet combo uh, coming up soon. So (laughs) Uh, looking forward to that. Um, Okay, uh, let's take this next question from Monette. Monette says, uh, Melissa, Aristotle, and Alex English all made social media posts this week alluding to their lack of airtime. Do you think that cast and crew making these kind of comments on social media instead of as a joke on air, like has been done in the past, is appropriate? So, um, Linz, I'll take this one first. I mean, I think that, uh, obviously I don't necessarily think it's appropriate. Um, I do love, you know, getting to know these cast members as people getting to know what they're actually thinking. So obviously, you know, SNL is competitive in its nature. That's why we look at the statistics and the data behind it. So, you know, some people are going to win at SNL. Some people are going to lose at SNL. And I think that unfortunately when you're on the other side, it's, it's really tough. Um, if Monette, if you're asking about what I think the show uh, thinks of this stuff, uh, they cannot be happy with this. I mean, w- w- I know, you know, for example, I have spoken with you know members of the PR department um, at NBC. Um, I know that they're very um, you know careful about what people say and and where they you know they're booked and things like that. And um, I would assume that it's not you know, the chillest thing to do. But at the end of the day, I mean, these people are stars. They made it onto the show. Uh, You can't just, you know, restrict them from being themselves on social media. So I see both sides to it. I do think if it's appropriate or inappropriate, it's probably more inappropriate to uh, rip on your employer online. Um, But I can't blame somebody like Melissa in a sense because it's just been frustration after frustration over the years. So, Linz, what do you think? It, I mean, it has for her, and she does. She gets neglected. She did it quite a bit last year, if I remember. Um, you know, she said quite a few things online. Um, you know that it was kind of impacting on her mental health. That you know, with coming out of lockdown and whatever and and not being actively involved in the show and maybe they sort of overlooked it then um but i i think it's going to be difficult to overlook it now you know you can delete something but things on the internet live forever (laughs) for sure 
And, um, you know, it's just like in this day and age where we're constantly hearing that SNL is letting cast members decide whether they stay or go, you know, once you reach a certain, you know, years on the show, I guess. Um, then you start to ask yourself a little bit of a, hey, you know, if you've been on the show for so many years and you're not happy there, why do you want to stay? So I think that the category of somebody like a Melissa is very different from somebody like an Alex English, who is a new writer on the show, or somebody like an Aristotle, who's a new cast member. I think in those cases, you know, there's plenty of time to grow, plenty of time to, you know, figure out how to work SNL. Um, you know, great alumni on the show often tell, you know, often say now, you know, it took like three or four or five years to really get their footing. Uh, those things are still possible. So I think for somebody like Melissa, I think in her case, if she's just not happy, uh, we want the best for her as a person. So uh, maybe, you know, if if she's not happy at SNL, maybe she will have a great career uh, doing other things like voice acting and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. For well, sure. yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's going to be uh, tough to find the justification to, for it to stay this time around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yo, honestly, like, I mean, not that I'm like constantly saying like, Hey, come on our podcast, but like, this is the reason why we have like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a pretty much open door policy. Like, unless you're a horrible person, I mean, we have an open door policy at the SNL network that like, if a cast member, whether they're after this season or whenever it is, or an alumni like wants to come on the show and wants to talk about their experience, like, I would rather not take the perspective of a host of an SNL podcast and guess what people are thinking about their time at the show. I would rather be told what you're actually thinking. So um, I do welcome anybody, whether it's a writer or cast member that's currently on the show to, you know, come on and talk to the fans and tell us what you're thinking. And I, I, I hope, and I think we're going to get those opportunities in the future. So I look forward to hearing, you know, more, you know, what's, what's really going on in terms of these situations. Yeah. To get that sort of direct, you know, the inside line from them would be amazing. So it's not just, you know, hearsay on the internet. For sure. Okay. Let's take this next question from Ken. After having arguably her strongest season last year, Heidi seems much less prominent to me this season. She barely appears on update or in sketches where she is a focal point. Is this a result of her being squeezed out by longtime casts who won't leave and new casts who are popular and good at fitting into the show? Or has she still not found a firm comic identity on SNL? So what are your thoughts, Linz, on Heidi and this question from Ken? I, I, I agree with Ken. I think she has been a lot less prominent this season. Um, and she had such a good season last year as well. Um, is it the Kate factor? that Kate is getting the, you know, the extra airtime because I feel when, you know, when Kate was away filming um, for various other projects, Heidi, Heidi and Chloe got a lot of airtime. Um, the same sort of applies with Chloe. I think Chloe's had a lot less airtime this season uh, than she has in the past. Um, yeah, I think, I think Ken's kind of hit it there saying long time cast you won't leave because you know how long have Kate and Kate and Cecily and AD are what coming up to is it what 10 years now? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Um so <laughs> I uh I appreciate the question, Ken, and I I, I certainly respect your answer, Linz. Um and most of the time I look, Ken, I, I think you know your stuff when it comes to SNL. But I so disagree from this this perspective on Heidi, and I, I love having this conversation. I think Heidi is having a fantastic season. I I think that she has completely reinvented herself as an SNL cast member. I think that what was happening to her in previous seasons of the show was she was having this one-off, you know, these one-off episodes where she was having this great moment on Weekend Update, and we we're like, oh, I can't wait to see her do that in a sketch. And it just wasn't happening. She wasn't producing these characters in the sketches the way that we wanted her to, but the, you know, the every single Weekend Update character that she was having was popping. And that's great. But now in her, you know, fourth or fifth season on the show, she's completely reinvented herself to becoming the ultimate utility player on the show. And I think that's exactly the right spot for her. 
she has been in, if I look at the total sketch count this season, and I know that, you know, Cecily wasn't there for a bit, AED's missed a, a couple episodes, uh, Kate wasn't there for a bit, but uh, truth be told, if we're just looking at the season analytically, uh, Keenan's been in 61 uh, sketches, uh, uh, Chris Red has been in 54, and Heidi's been in 52 sketches. Those are the top three that this season. many. Yeah. It doesn't so, seem like she's been in that many, though. Yes, and, and I get it. And, and maybe she's not popping in the way that we're used to, but I think she is like, uh, I think this is exactly what she needs to do. How rare is it in the history of every cast member that's been on the show that someone has completely reinvented their SNL career while they're on the show? And I don't think it's a negative thing that she's doing. Like people can, I, I think an example that I can think of is like Tim Meadows had a rough first five years and then had a really, really great next five years. And I just think that for Heidi, she's now become the person that people want to write about her, you know, want to write her into every one of their sketches because she can do a lot of things. So if she doesn't have the character that pops, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that because you need to have the, you know, she is the, the straight role in a lot of sketches and you, you need to have that person, you know, we, we praise Beck and Sudeikis and Hart, Phil Hartman for all that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of what Heidi's doing this season. Yeah. I never actually thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, she is sort of just, she's there. She might not be the main focus of it, but she is there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it that way. It's a really good point. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, to, to everybody's perspective, uh, I think Heidi is ridiculously talented. I think that when we all watched, uh, what was it last year with the Michael Jordan documentary where she was, you know, she wrote and contributed to that. Uh, I think it was in the... Um, the Keegan-Michael Key episode, uh, you know, she had a big moment there and everyone's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's the Heidi that I know and stuff. And like, I'm okay with that every now and then if she wants to, you know, have a moment on update that pops. But I think that if, you know, in a 21 episode season she has three update pieces that pop in the other 18 episodes of the season, she's in, you know, four or five sketches throughout the night and just doing her thing. Uh, that is a great, great SNL season. Like exactly what you want and totally deserving of becoming one of the stars of the show. Yeah, so okay. I, I just did not think of it in that way. Like, but yeah, really good, really good, valid point. Yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, I, I totally respect everybody else's opinion too. It's just uh, I, I am enjoying what I'm seeing for from her, so I will I will fight for that. Um, this is a question from our friend uh, Blood Meridian. Blood Meridian says, as the current season is nearing its end, we still have five episodes to go, but it's nearing its end, uh, and the new era feel that this season has had particularly with Please Don't Destroy, James Austin Johnson, and Sarah's continued rise, is making many feel that a series of departures may occur for a new era to begin. Whom do you feel will probably say goodbye? And is it confirmed that Lauren wants everyone to stay 50th because that would be insane and hurt the momentum and quality of the show moving forward? Thanks as always. All right, Linz, let's get your opinion. I think I think Cecily is going to go. I genuinely thought she was going to be not coming back this season um, after her um, update sketch that she did. Um, I think Pete's going to go too. You know, there's too many movies that want him cast in them for him to be able to commit. I know that Lorne's given them, you know, time to go and do other projects during the season, basically because the cast is so huge that they can accommodate that. But um, they can only keep that going for so long, really. Um, and I think it might be time for Kate to go as well. Keenan's never going to leave. He's, he's always going to be there, and I don't ever want him to leave. Um, but yeah, I think Kate and Cecily and Pete are probably going to be gone come the end of this season. Yeah, I think that Pete is uh, probably, I would say, the odds-on favorite to be moving on from the show. I just don't know if there's, you know, much more that he wants to accomplish there. Obviously, you know, a lot's happening in his personal life that I think is, you know, taking off and and good for him if he's, you know, happy and, um, you know, a lot of potential for what he can do. I think that if Lorne had his choice with the popularity of Pete, who's become, I would say, the most popular SNL cast member to every single casual, 
you know, everybody knows who Pete Davidson is nowadays. Uh, Kate McKinnon was probably, you know, leading that department. And Pete has overtaken her as, you know, the, the highest star potential on the show. And I think if Lauren had a choice, he would say, hey, Pete, I don't even care if you want to film one pre-tape a week, if you want to stay on the show. I think he would give him that opportunity to stick around uh, just based on what we, you know, know about their approach to these things. But if Pete wants to move on, I think that's probably the favorite um, as jokes, uh, you know, go with, you know, the weekend update uh hosts i think that you know che and and jost have talked about departing many times and joked about it um i do think that there is potential uh the big question that's gonna you know my, my approach to these questions all the time is is hey um the 50th anniversary is obviously a big pivot point for the show there's gonna be a lot of changes that are gonna occur after the 50th anniversary so you have to start to wonder at the end of 47 and at the end of 48 if people who are thinking about leaving decide not to leave at that point, they may be like, okay, now I want to stay because I want to be there for the 50th. Because like, if you go now, it's still okay, it's still like three years away, two and a half years away, whatever it is. But once you get closer, and once it's like, oh, okay, in a year from now, we're going to have the biggest spotlight on the show that the show has had in its history, then you're like, okay, why am I leaving now when I could leave in a year or two? I I, th- I agree with you, your point about Pete. I think if if Lauren could convince him to just come back and just do one, one pre-tape a week, he he'd probably do it. It's basically what he's doing now. To be fair, um, yeah, I never There's... ever thought that um, I never ever thought that uh, Beck would leave without Kyle. I thought they were the ultimate duo and would go together. And I think um, Ken's just said in the uh, in the chat that um, he wishes. Kyle and Cecily and Hazy would go. Um, Kyle's not getting enough air time, I don't think, to keep him happy. So I think uh, Kyle might be one to go. But yeah, uh, people are going to want to start thinking about, do I want to stick around? But is that, again, going to take away the opportunity for new people to come in? Because if they choose to stay, does the cast just get bigger? I mean, it's huge as it is. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I don't think they're going to any of their veterans and saying leave. Like, I, I, I have it on good authority that most of the decisions from the long-term cast members to come back for this season only happened right after the Emmy Awards this year. So, I mean, that was like a week before the season. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just like, hey, if you're not coming back, like, let us know. But like, let us know and, and figure it out. And I think that, you know, that goes into why I think Please Don't Destroy was not on the cast in the end was because, you know, they were kind of like in this uh, midway point between how many people are coming back and not. And um, yeah, I mean, and I respect uh, Blood Meridian's uh, point in the chat where he had mentioned uh, Hader, Sudeikis, Wig, Sandberg all left before the 40th. Uh, certainly, um, I do have to wonder, you know, would they have left before the 40th had they known how big of a uh, ratings uh, situation the 40th anniversary of the show was how big of a party that they had um, how you know like the 40th anniversary of the show was a bigger celebration than the 25th or the 15th and um, it, it was like the biggest moment in its history and I and I sort of think that you know in in perspective some of them may have wanted to stick around um, but yeah I don't know it's going to be very very interesting to see what's going to happen uh, it's hard to speculate at this point and I'm sure we're going to be doing it all summer long. There's okay. a point just being made there of why why do we need P videos when uh, PDD make videos? They make entirely different videos though. Pete's you know Pete's videos tend to go kind of viral. You know that you've only got to look at the Timothy Chalamet um, one to to see what uh, you know how viral that went. It, it's going to be it's a lot bigger than what um, PDD are putting out. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I, I sort of wonder, like, to your point about Pete, um, if he will get, like, the Eddie Murphy special where he's going to, like, film a bunch of pre-tapes. Because, I mean, clearly he's, like, involving people from outside the show. So, like, will he film a bunch of pre-tapes and then they'll air some for the weeks that he's not there next season? I mean, I'm sure that, you know, our our fans and our listeners and stuff will, won't love that. But uh, it's, it's certainly a possibility, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction that Lauren and SNL decides to go in. Yeah. Okay, Linz, do you want to take this next question from Naomi? Okay, do you think there will be any cameos next week? If so, from who? I think it will be hilarious if Taylor Swift turned up. I was thinking, Me too. imagine yeah. if she just turned up on 
an update feature just to rip into him. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would think, I, I don't know if she wants to do that. Like, obviously, like, I feel like the PR team for Taylor and like herself and like every, every move, every song, every message behind it is so carefully planned with the way she does things. I doubt that SNL can like influence her to be like, Hey, like come, come hang out and make fun of Jake Gyllenhaal at SNL. Um, if it's not like already part of the plan. So mm. I think that that would be kind of crazy. I mean, that would be the biggest thing if she, if she walked into the monologue and, she walked in with a red scarf. I think that would be like the biggest moment, uh, you know, potentially of the season for, for yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. So uh, would be really interesting. Uh, any, any other ones, Linz? Any other cameo predictions? <laughs> I'd, um, I'd quite love to see it. It would never happen, but Sandberg come back for his Nicolas Cage with Jake Gyllenhaal on update. Okay. Yeah, that could be that could be very funny. Um, so it would be interesting. I mean, I don't know uh, how many of our listeners have gone back and watched the 2007 episode from Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, it happens during a season 32, which I have long argued is the greatest season in the history of the show. Um, it's a very fun episode. And it's one that I'm going to be rewatching and, uh, you know, with some of our patrons uh, later on this week. Um, there were some fun ones in there. They had a Bronx beat. They had a deep house dish, um, which was a, always a fan favorite of mine um uh they had a laser cats in there so there are some like there are some classics that jake gyllenhaal was a part of when he was there for the first time so uh could be fun and it goes into our next question from Haley mclaughlin who says um if you could pick any recurring sketch to appear next week what would it be so i'm not sure lens if Haley's asking from his previous time on the show or just generally any recurring sketch but if you could pick one for next week what would it be Oh, it would be Nicholas Cage. Andy Sandberg doing Nicholas Cage, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, if I could pick, and I'll say like a recurring sketch from his previous time on the show, I think I would go, like if I just had to pick from, from going back to all the sketches, I mean, Deep House Dish had literally nothing to do with Jake Gyllenhaal, but just I would, that's a sketch that always got me when I watched it. So um, I, I would love to see that. Um, so yeah, I know some people in the chat were not a fan of that, but uh, I always laughed at the Ui T Shane. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that does it for questions for this week. Are you looking forward to this episode coming up, Linz? I am. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a really good one. And it's, uh, that's the, the thing I'm looking forward to is, are they going to poke fun at Jake Gyllenhaal? over taylor swift that's what i want to know who's going to be brave enough to do it like on live tv yeah i think i think they have no choice but to make mention of it at some point so i look forward to seeing if that's going to happen i think that'll be a lot of fun if they do that i mean we're going to be talking about it on the podcast if they don't so i guess we'll see uh i'm excited i think that what we have in the next two weeks between jake gyllenhaal and lizzo are like two really fun really well-known hosts um you know a lot of people see uh jake gyllenhaal as the villain uh, regardless of the Taylor Swift stuff. And I think that's always really fun when somebody comes into SNL with like a little bit of an attitude. Um, we don't know what we're going to get from him. And I'm sure he's like, I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but like uh, it'll be really great to see him back uh, 15 plus years later from his previous time on the show. It doesn't seem that long ago since he hosted though, which is really strange. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Lizzo as well. Yeah, it'll be really great. Um, Linz. You did so, you were fantastic on the show today. It was so great uh, to get to talk you. to you. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, can the listeners uh, find you on social media anywhere if they wanted to they reach can. out to you? I am Linzwa everywhere. That's L-I-N-S-W-A-H. Awesome. And did, by the way, was there anything else about Saturday Night Live that you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to? Um, Just, I, I think there should be more people in the UK watching it. Me too. It's like, yeah, you, I don't I've know got no one to talk about other than online because none of yeah. my friends watch it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, Linz, but there is going to be a UK version of SNL that's supposed to come out eventually. Oh, they tried that in the 80s. It didn't work very well. <laughs> 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 we'll see. We'll see if this one's better. Once once we know that it's happening, uh, we'll definitely be covering it on the SNL network. It'll be fun to talk about that one as well. So that you'll get to watch live, I'm sure. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, definitely make sure to follow Linz on social media. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to never miss a show that we're doing here. Uh, for what's coming up on the SNL Network, we have Hollywood Dish tomorrow night. So Nicole and Rebecca will be back with guest Morgan on the show to talk about the stories for the week to get you prepared for the Jake Gyllenhaal episode of SNL. And of course, we will be back for the Hot Take Show on Saturday night. We have a great panel plan for the Hot Take Show, so make sure to join us at 1 a.m. Eastern time, or about 10 minutes after the show, uh, to break down all the sketches live. I promise it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It'll it won't, maybe won't be as chaotic as last week's uh, Take Show, but we're going to have a good time as always. So uh, if you want to reach out to me, at John Schneider 24 on any platform and at, at the SNL Network to find everything that we are doing. Okay, everybody, thanks in the chat for joining us on an earlier uh, patron feedback show this week. Thank you to Linz. We will see you next time. Have a good one.